Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Female Footballers Podcast. My name is Cassie Gray, and I am your host. This week, we're taking you inside the developments around Olivia Moultrie. Previously, a few weeks ago, we did a podcast where we talked about Olivia's um, interest in playing professionally and the lawsuit that ensued when she tried to play professionally. We want to provide an update for you and just some discussion around it. So just for so just for your background knowledge, um, on June 30th, Olivia Moultrie signed a three-year deal with the Portland Thorns of the NWSL. And with that deal complete, Moultrie is now the youngest player ever to sign with the NWSL. She originally made headlines in May um, due to the antitrust lawsuit that challenged the NWSL and its ruling prohibiting players under 18. So now she is able to play. She is very thrilled and excited that they're allowing her to play. Um, we discuss in depth a little bit of our feelings around that. The NWSL made a statement saying that after the development of a comprehensive minor player protection plan and execution of an SPA special addendum and parent guarantee, the NWSL welcomed Olivia Moultrie into the league. NWSL continues to believe that age requirements for the league should be collectively bargained as they are in other leagues, and those negotiations are ongoing. Our discussion is more around um, concerns we have as former players, current international and uh, national players here in America. Um, we discuss a little bit about um, what we feel development looks like. Regardless of our stances and all of them being very different, we are very excited to see Olivia play and we wish her nothing but the best of luck because we are excited that she gets this opportunity. Uh, we just hope that NWSL, if they're allowing things like this to occur, that they um, make sure they support their athletes on the mental side as much as possible, not just Olivia, but all of their players. So without further ado, please go ahead and enjoy listening to our episode on the update of Olivia Moultrie. So according to ESPN, like according to ESPN, she's been granted a preliminary injunction by a judge that prohibited the NWSL from enforcing its age rule to stop her from signing a pro contract with the club in the league which paves the way for her to play. The injunction was issued on Thursday after she filed the antitrust lawsuit on May 4th that stated as a, a major league soccer allowed players under the age of 18 to sign with clubs, it was against the Sherman Antitrust Act for the NWSL to enforce an age rule that doesn't allow players who are younger than 18 to sign professional contracts. So she was originally granted a 14 day temporary restraining order on May 24th while the court examined the merits of a preliminary injunction. Um, and so now, basically, she will be um, granted the ability to play, I guess. That's what it sounds like. Um, yeah. I was going to say, can you guys hear me? Uh -huh. So what was interesting about this case is that, um, and this is mainly for you, Jordan, just to kind of like give you kind of a background and for anyone maybe that doesn't know this the two weeks that the NWSL gave Olivia as her like time to play you know as a two-week break whatever a lot of people were really doubting where the court was going with it I think they were trying to actually use it against Olivia and in terms of like the future of where the the lawsuit was going because if in those two weeks if no team picked her up that she wasn't good enough to begin with 
And if no team picked her up, then, you know, then her entire argument after that two weeks is, is null and void. They have an argument. Well, you didn't get picked up. Well, you didn't get this. So her rights were retained by the rain, I think. And then she was sold back to the thorns. Oh, okay. So for money. So um, I just find it very interesting that she's in the lawsuit. I, I don't know if that was the best decision. I feel like there's a lot of press that kind of came from that, that um, wasn't great for her, but that's just a little, little bit more background is how they're trying to like finagle their way into winning this by making her look bad. And that's, what's even more disheartening is that she's just trying to play and, you know, she's now involved in this massive, she's in court. She's been in court. I've never been in court. <laughs> she's 14 years old. I, I think that that's where my frustration is, is um, obviously the cultural shift piece for me is huge. Like, I just think there needs to be a conversation about what's in the best interest of the player. And it's not always the best interest for them to be, you know, thrown into this adult world that maybe they're not going to be ready for. And they're not going to know it at the time. And I think it's going to hit them way later and they're going to be lasting effects of this. And it's no different when we talk about like the child actors or musicians like a Justin Bieber, like, yeah, he was super talented. He deserves to have his music out there and make the money, but the hype around him caused him irreparable damage now, later in life, mental and emotional craziness. And I feel like just the court issue here and the hype around her is what's going to really affect her later. That's my concern. Yeah, I think I can add a little comment here. I feel two ways about it. Um, the first being that like there's a piece of equity here and like, you know, are men's, are young men allowed to sign um, to the uh, MLS like before the age of 18 or, or whatever the restriction is? And if so, then does that provide them more opportunities than young women who might wanna sign at the same time, just because they, they have that ability? I don't necessarily agree with it. Like maybe it's instead of allowing women to sign at an earlier age, like restricting the men from signing until they're a little bit older. Cause I do agree with you, Cassie, like not only for the mental side of things, but the physical side as well. Like I tore both my ACLs around the ages of 14 to 16 and like to have maybe signed a professional contract then that happens and my career uh, spirals. Like, I just think there's so much that goes into it that can affect the trajectory of her life afterwards. Um, so I don't know, I think the restriction is more of a protection rather than a like restriction on her opportunities. I kind of took like it, I took it that way too. Like I think that they're actually trying to protect her in a way, but I agree, like it does need to be equal to the men, like absolutely. But I think my argument is also for the men's side. Like I don't think we should do that unless, I think the last time we talked about this, the argument was, unless we're a country that's set up with academy programs like they do in other countries, like the Pele's and the Maradona's and the current players now, not the older ones, but like, you know, where it's set up to filter them in at young ages and they have all these support systems. We don't have that here in America, even though I'm sure we're trying, we're so new at it, that whatever they get is so different. Every club is different. Every state mm -hmm. handles things differently. And it's just, it's all jacked up in my opinion. I don't know. I know that's coming from an old lady, but 
<laughs> yeah. I think also, go ahead, Rachel. Oh, so I was just going to say, particularly with talking about um, looking at both the men and women or boys and girls, um, it definitely should be the same. And I lean with you, Cassie, that I, I don't think it's in the best interest of, you know, 13, 14, 15-year-old boy to be uprooted and sent to these academies. Um, like you said, it happens in other countries. They've had that process established for a long time. That's a whole other sort of discussion. But one thing, um, I'm a big Warriors fan, and when you look at them, they obviously won a lot of championships recently. And, um, I mean, Curry, of course, everyone knows Steph Curry. You know, he went to Davidson for four years, and part of their strategy is drafting these players who have played in college for who are four-year players. Um, I, it'd be interesting to go look at the rosters and break it down, but I know they're a significant amount. You know, Draymond Green, Clay Thompson, they all played at least three, if not four seasons in college, and I think there's so much growth, um, obviously, physically, especially for the boys during those times, and then the the emotional and mental sides of it. Um, and so an interesting little story from them is that um, James, oh shoot, what's his last name? Uh, he, he's a rookie this year, but he basically didn't play in college because of COVID. And then he played um, this season and it was so hard for him emotionally. Um, and I mean, it was COVID too, but just, it showed like, here's this, he was, he was so good, like so good but he was struggling so hard mentally and they like brought his mom out to help him. And, you know, I just think they need this opportunity to, to get a little older and that, you know, part of the, not necessarily that it has to be college, but there has to be a way to help them become adults and understand things so that when their career is over, because their career is going to end playing career, you know, it doesn't mean their soccer life has to end, but um, how they're going to handle that and have these tools to be able to manage that. Cause it's hard. It's hard for anybody when that's taken away from you. So anyway, I just thought the, um, the male side of it, especially seen it from such a, you know, well-known obviously different sport, but um, championship team, how they focus on getting those, older players who are more mature physically there too yeah absolutely Haley did you want to say something yeah kind of adding on to that I know that not everyone needs a college education also but I just hope that while she goes through this journey she does continue that education aspect because unfortunately in the world we live in today you have to have a master's degree to get a starting job in a lot of places or you have to have that education um as a backup, especially for professional athletes. And like Rachel said, it, their career is going to end at some point. We don't know when that is. But if we look at women's professional soccer players, Carly Lloyd is an anomaly. The, people don't play until 40 years old. And then even after she's done playing, um, it's a long life. That's 40 more years she's got. Um, and most professional women's soccer players, um, unfortunately, because of equity issues, um, don't have those sponsorship deals, those large deals, or have that continued stream of income after they're done playing to the same extent. So having some type of opportunity and also whether that's going into coaching or something else, having that degree and educational background is really going to um, be an advantage. And I think it takes a lot of pressure off of athletes when they have that degree and can play um, after they've already um, achieved uh, those educational 
um, goals. So I hope that um, if anything, Olivia is going to continue to pursue a college degree um, once she's done with high school. Yeah, I think it's um, the other part of this too, like we were talking about uh, Naomi Osaka. She's like a perfect example. She's still very young, under 20 years old. She just pulled out of three different tournaments before the Olympics because of the mental pressures associated with the sport. She's not even as young as Olivia. And I just feel like, great, yeah, she's this amazing talent. She won this awesome stuff and we're all hyped for her. But is that ultimately where she's at right now? Does that, like, I, I just think it's crazy. Like maybe that wasn't what was best for her. And it, we keep having these situations where we look back, we always do this reflection of, oh, maybe like Justin Bieber, maybe he shouldn't have been 13 and on the Ellen show and blowing up with his songs because look at him now. And then we judge them going through these phases. Like people are judging Naomi Osaka right now for like, oh, she shouldn't be saying that and doing this. And it's like, dude, she's what? 18, 19 years old, like she doesn't have all the skills necessary to navigate this. And I, I worry for Olivia, cause it's like, let's say she has her debut, which good luck to her. Cause again, whatever happens happens and we're gonna be supportive regardless. But say she has her debut and she does horribly. What, is she gonna be able to handle the press surrounding that? Or even the opposite, let's say she does amazing and she has like an amazing first year, right? what happens when she starts to not have a good year like that was Freddie Adu the, the hype around him at 14 he's the youngest player to ever play in MLS the hype around him was crazy and he had a good debut and then he just plummeted and he kept going down and down and then people took the way they talk about him what he's now known for later and it's like we all look back and we're like oh well maybe they shouldn't have done this and I just feel like I get tired of doing the like oh well, they shouldn't have done this well let's change how we're doing this now like let's either put more support systems in place for players like this, because that seems to be the best route to go, or like with the NWSL, I do think their whole point is they're worried to have that be a part of their club, their league, you know? It's like, they don't want to have that, but maybe what they're doing isn't the best route of going about it. Maybe the NWSL needs to have a lot more support systems in place, but it's all about money and they don't have the money for it. So, and I, I mean, I agree with you, Haley. I, I agree that I don't think every kid is meant to go to college and do the traditional education route. But like I said last time on this topic, I live with somebody who played professional soccer at a young age and luckily, you know, finished college. It took him 10 years or so, but like he finished. Thank God he did because, you know, I just think the opportunities afterwards, it's you're, you're stuck in the sport forever if you don't have other skill sets and you have other interests and your interests are going to change. Like life changes, right? Rachel, did you wanna, Mersic, did you wanna say anything? I was just gonna say like, I found it really interesting that, um, you know, kind of neutral on how I feel about it just because looking, I've been reading a lot and all that stuff, but um, I don't know, my, my outlook on the whole situation kind of changed when I found out that she had backing from Becky Sauerbrunn and I think it might have been Pino or maybe it was Megan, uh, what's her name, Megan uh, Thorns, short hair. Klingenberg. Klingenberg, thank you. Um, and uh, I don't know, I mean, it's not like they necessarily have the same path as Olivia, but the fact that they were around her, they have been professional players, I was like, all right, and look, looking at Becky Sauerbrunn, she's our captain. I mean, I know she has a good head on her shoulders. So 
what is she, what's her opinion? And obviously her opinion's been known that she is supporting Libya. So why? Like, what did, does she know something that we don't? And I don't mean that in like a, you know, like she's played professionally. She knows what it takes. She knows the mental toughness. She probably played pretty young. Um, so the fact that they're backing it, I don't know. I don't have much like commentary on that. I just found it very intriguing. I don't know, maybe you guys saw that or... I didn't see that, but I would be, I would love to ask two people their thoughts on this. The first person I'd want to ask is Mallory Pugh. And the second would be Lindsay Haram. They both went young and they're both having very different experiences. And I would be very interested to hear their opinions on that. I don't know. Well, what's interesting about Lindsay and Mal is that Lindsay went to Europe, totally. which I think changes a player in a different way than going to the US. Straight away, personally. Yeah, totally. Well, this is going to be an ongoing uh, discussion for for this, and we won't continue to hash it out all the time. But it's definitely something that it brings up a lot about what we do at Female Footballers. I mean, everything that we talk about is trying to help strengthen the mindset of female athletes, and I feel like, you know, we do that at a young age on purpose. We work with girls all the time who these skills are eventually taught or talked about after 18, but if we actually discuss them at a younger age and helped girls create better habits around mental skills at younger ages, I do think that it would set them up for more success. And especially if they're gonna to continue to go pro younger or um, be put in these really competitive atmospheres at such young ages, so. And any last thoughts on this? All right, well, thank you guys for your thoughts and uh, we'll keep everybody updated.